welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. All right, welcome again to the Defender Podcast. This is Rick Morton, and I'm going solo today. This is this is sort of, uh, you know, this is uncharted territory. Herbie let me loose with the podcast. I, you know, I'm kind of doing this without a governor today, so this is going to be, uh, this is going to be fun. But uh, today, I'm I'm really excited um, to be able to have uh, a just an incredible member of our team. Uh, from South Carolina, Catherine Barnhill, to join me, and and she's going to be talking about um, about adoption from the perspective, uh, from her perspective as an adoptee. And so I, I really look forward to hearing Catherine's story and 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 us digging into uh, adoption and hearing from you know hearing from an adult adoptee. But before we get there, we're going to remind you about something um, that's coming up for Lifeline. So we're at September the 20th today, uh, but but coming up very soon in October, we have Share the Story here in Birmingham, our dinner. And so, you know, at Lifeline, we love to share stories about how God's working in the lives of orphan and vulnerable children and families. Um, each year, we have our Lifeline banquets that feature these stories of God's redemptive work. And as always, we would love for you to join us um, for for this event, or if you're not in Birmingham, we want you to join us for one of one of our events wherever they're happening across uh, across the U.S. Um, you can go to lifelinechild.org backslash share dash the dash story. So it's lifelinechild.org backslash share dash the dash story. Or you can see our show notes to find out about a banquet that's near you. Uh, we'd love for you to join us. I hope you got all those dashes down. We're great at being able to put a lot of dashes into our, our URLs. And so it's share-the-story. Um, we'd love to, to be able to share with you um, some of the incredible things that God has done this year and, and things that we we anticipate over the horizon that God's going to do. Um, through the through the ministry of Lifeline, one of the one of the incredible privileges that we have here at Lifeline um, that I um, like I don't take for granted, honestly, are the incredible people that God brings um, to do the work that we get to do in in serving churches and in mobilizing churches and in serving people. Um, to bring the gospel to bear wherever they are, and one of those, one of those incredible people is uh, Catherine Barnhill, and she's part of our team in South Carolina. Serves as a pregnancy counselor uh, there in South Carolina, and um, and and came to our team uh, as we um, as we actually uh, absorbed a uh, another work. And so and so it's funny, we say kind of internally um, that that was kind of an adoption story for Lifeline as as we um, as we kind of grafted in uh, some other people. But one of the fun things has been just, you know, just realizing the the unity of heart and the unity of mission around the gospel and um Catherine is such a significant portion of what we do and and really selflessly serves um, birth parents that are that are in 
um, you know, sometimes, you know, really difficult circumstances and and facing great challenges. And and it's it's just pretty inspirational to see the way uh, that Catherine and others on our team um, just pour into uh, those women and, and sometimes men, sometimes birth dads, uh, we get the opportunity to do that. But um, sharing and serving them and tangibly serving them in a lot of ways, um, but also uh, like telling the gospel and 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 pointing to Jesus through all of it. And and so, um, Catherine, I'm really really thankful to have you here today, and and thankful that you're a part of our team. And so, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. It's so good to be here. And I'm just so thankful for Lifeline Children's Services. And it really is humbling to watch God work and love and to be able to share the gospel and to see lives being changed and lives being saved. And I mean, I just I just describe it as having a front row seat to just God rescuing <laughs> Over and over again. And I it, I, mean, I just I'm so thankful to um, get to serve the Lord as a pregnancy counselor. It really is amazing. I'm not going to say it's not hard. There are days it's very mm-hmm. hard and um, and heartbreaking. Um, but then there's always the but God and you just see him work and do things and you just can't help but say God is so great. And he is such a God of love. So. Thank you. And I just love the opportunity to serve here. Well, it, you know, and, and it is it is one of those things. I mean, even as we were talking about the, you know, the share the story dinners around, you know, in our very states. And and I think I think sometimes we, you know, we just want to remind ourselves that we really do get a front row seat to seeing, um, you know, seeing some pretty incredible things because because God is at work and God is changing lives and God is preserving lives. And, you know, the Lord is, the Lord is doing things. And we see, we see extraordinary things all the time. Um, and, and it is, it, and, and right. That doesn't take away the hard, but it, but, but there's, but there's beauty. Um, and, and we see the evidences of God's work, even, you know, even in, you know, even in, in the hard and, um, and so I just appreciate I appreciate you, you know, pointing that out and and your spirit about that. And uh, but today, what we're what we're here to you know kind of focus in on and what we want to talk about is um, we we just kind of want to talk about your story and and so giving you the opportunity to really talk about um, you know who who you are and and all the all that God has done in order to you know, to, to bring about, um, you as a person and part of your story, um, is that, that you were adopted. And, and so, and so you not only serve, um, parents in crisis pregnancy, um, but, but you are, you are yourself, you know, kind of tied up in the story and it's, and it's a part of who you are. And so I'd love just for you to start and and just kind of, you know, maybe unpack your adoption story for us and Mm -hmm. tell us, you know, tell us that that journey. Okay, so my journey started in 1965 when a 21-year-old college student found herself in a crisis pregnancy, and there was no way she was going to tell her parents. She did not have a um, good relationship with her mom, and, you know, small community, 
And there was just no way she was going to tell her parents. And she really didn't know the father of her child. She had gotten pregnant on spring break. And and so she decided um, to have an abortion. Because abortion wasn't legal, she found a, found a place to go. And she described going. And because it was dark, she had to go down a dark alleyway and it was dirty, that mm. she left because after getting there and sitting there, she realized this isn't legal and she worried about her own health. And so she left and she decided she would hide her pregnancy and that she would um, place for adoption. So she left. She told her parents she needed to take a semester off school. And she had an aunt that's about 10 years, about 10, 11 years older than her. So she was a young aunt and uncle that lived in Atlanta. So she went down and she lived with them. Um, the rest of her pregnancy, hiding her pregnancy from them and, you know, got a job and just it was pretty much told to her family that she told her family that she just needed a break from school and um, some time off. And so it worked for her to go down there. She delivered me on February 13th, 1966. And on that day, she called the aunt to let her know that she had had a baby and that she was placing for adoption. And so she had made arrangements for adoption and she asked the aunt to come pick her up from the hospital the next day. So the aunt came to the hospital and she asked Pam if she could see me and Pam said yes. And and Aunt Dottie is her name. She walked into the nursery and she prayed three things over my life. She prayed that I would um, be raised in a Christian family, that I'd come to know the Lord at a young age and that I would serve the Lord. And she just put me in the hands of God, put me back in the bassinet and then took Pam home to recoup. And Pam went through a hard time recouping and kind of went into some alcohol and um, but ended up finishing school, but kept that secret for years. And the only wow. people that knew that secret was Pam and Aunt Dottie and her husband. Mm -hmm. So God had a plan and it was for Harry and Shirley Perkerson. They had adopted a son three years before then, and they had been waiting for a little girl. And it's so funny <laughs> um, when you're a child and you think of this through my mom always talks about how they had to they were pretty much told that my birth mom about her her height that she's a college student a little bit about what she looked like and very little to nothing I don't think they knew anything about my birth father but my mom mm. said she they had to go into a room and she said I was laying in a um, bed and she spent some time with me and then they had to tell the adoption agency if they wanted to pursue it they had to leave wow. and come back the next day and wow. i was already five weeks at this time so i oh, went wow. in, i went from the hospital into foster care mm -hmm. um and again this is in the 60s and True. um anyway so my parents came back the next day and got me but in my mind i always felt like i was like at a grocery store and kind of went through a checkout counter i mean you know kind of thing it's like i just like did they check me out and didn't, you know pay for me and here i am yeah but anyway so that's kind of um so my parents were never trained 
on, they were Christians and I mm. want to share something very unique about that. And, um, but they, I grew up, my parents never sat my brother and I down and said, guess what? You're adopted. It was like, it was always told to us. It would, I never remember mm. a day when my parents said, we need to tell you something. They just, in prayer at night, just in life, they just talked about this is how God put our families together. And they're very mm. thankful for um, adoption. And I can remember the first time that it in my mind felt different was when I was five years old and I was playing with my cousin, my girl cousins, and we were making sandals out of monkey grass. And um, yeah, <laughs> crazy. But anyway, and I remember them talking about what hospital they were born in. And I remember saying, well, I wasn't born. I'm adopted. Uh. And um, <laughs> and they were, they were like, well, you still were born. And and I just remember, you know, going back to my mom and she's like, I really don't know what hospital it probably was this hospital, you know. And um, but anyway, that was the first time that I remember it. It was different that mm. I was different. But my parents just were, you know, if I needed to talk about it. If my brother needed to talk about it, we talk about it. They never um, dismissed anything. They just talked about how God had put our family together and how we were answered to prayer and um, and and how much they loved us. And and so it was just normal, very normal. But what I want to share with you is the aunt and why I tell this part of my story is after I met my birth mom and I'll share that. But my aunt who I met told me of going and praying those three things over me. What my mm -hmm. aunt did not realize, my birth aunt, when she prayed that over me five years before that time, my parents had gone to a Bible study and had gotten saved. Wow. I want you to know her and her husband started the Bible study that my parents wow. came to know the Lord. So first my <laughs> my dad's twin sister, only God, my dad's twin oh, sister and her husband went, they got saved. My parents saw the change in their life. They went, they got saved. And then my mother told her brother, he went and he got saved. So the whole basic family got saved. And so that aunt, when she was praying over that, God had already used her and had answered that prayer. Not even we'd find out, you know, 28 years later. Wow. God had wow. used that. And then, of course, I did come to know the Lord at a young age and I've been in ministry my whole life. Catherine, what a what an incredible thing and what a what an incredible gift from God to to be able to know all of those threads and pieces and and to have that as part of your story i, I think you know the, first of all thank you for sharing I, I think we're you know we're all blown away here in the way that you know god preserved um not only preserved your life but but had had a very evident plan and and a and a very evident providence that you know that that stands over your life and I think it was it was interesting too just hearing you share that part of your story and we'll we'll keep going and and get more into you know some of the 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 intricacies of of your story and you know your, your meeting of your birth mom and and those mm -hmm. things but but I, I do want to point out and I, I want to you know we in our in our pre adoption preparation here. Um, 
one of the things we talk about is is we talk about how do we you know like how do we talk to our children about adoption how do we you know how do we how do we do those things and i just love the beautiful example that your parents set of adoption just always being present in mm-hmm. the conversations with you and your brother and mm-hmm. the fact that um that they created openness and accessibility and 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 they were you know they were just kind of open and you felt open to be able to talk and to ask questions and to mm-hmm. you know to explore your adoption and that that was something that your that your parents were attentive to and supportive of um and and it sounds like and I'm I'm going to I don't want to put words in your mouth but they weren't scared of right, right. and I Right. And I think that's one of the things when, you know, we think about, you know, I think what can adoptive parents do for adoptees? And I just think my mom and dad, I don't ever remember them appearing as though they were threatened Mm. by that, by my conversation, by my questions, by my, Mm. um, you know, just, I mean, they didn't have the answers, um, but my brother as well. I mean, I don't believe that they ever seemed threatened by the relationship. And there was just an honor. Um, they honored my birth mother and loved mm. her. And I think that no matter the circumstances that a child is adopted from the birth parents, and if the adoptive parents will honor and love them, mm. You know, Mm -hmm. and because sometimes they're very hard places that the birth parents represent and and it would be hard sometimes um, to not feel anger towards them. But if you really I just seem like you have to love them the way God loves them and you and realize that God used them. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that God is only the he is the creator of life and and God uses um, you know, it takes a man and a woman and God ordains that. And yeah. he created life regardless of the circumstances. But to honor and love that birth parent um, and not excuse the behavior or whatever, but still honoring them and loving them, I think is huge for yeah. adoptees to yeah. to experience. Well, I think, you know, and, and it is, it's just, it, it's it's recognizing the, the inherent dignity of, you know, of a, of a birth parent because they're created in the image of God. And so they're, you know, they're, they're worthy of our love and our care right. and, uh, because, you know, because of, because of who they are mm-hmm. <laughs> regardless. And, and I think, but it, it's just, it, it's, it, it's, I'll just say that I, I think um, when I hear you tell your story, it's, it's like, it's almost following the outline of the thing that, that we try to, you know, we try to teach parents to do that your mom and dad just intuitively without, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't have training back in the 60s. We didn't, you know, people yeah. didn't think about adoption or think about these things in the same way. Um, and and certainly, but but I, I love the fact that there's so much in what you, you know, what you just said that your parents just intuitively, mm-hmm. um, you know, just did some pretty incredible things for you. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's awesome. And, and, you know, and recognize that I think, I think something, you know, I, from the adoptive parent side of it, we, you know, we've recognized is, is, um, complexity 
is just a part of the reality of adoption. Like there are mm-hmm. layers to to you know your story as um, as an adoptee. There are layers as a you know as an adoptive parent. All of us as a as birth parents that have placed, um, and and that complexity sometimes brings questions, and sometimes it mm-hmm. it brings you know there's there's difficulty there's challenges that come as a result of that sometimes there's hurt to work through but mm-hmm. but but at the end of the day um that that doesn't that doesn't like lessen um the inherent beauty and it certainly doesn't impact the wonder that we have at the way that god you know orchestrates circumstances and so you were kind of talking you know you you alluded to um you know, meeting your birth mom and yeah. and beginning, you know, beginning a relationship there and uh, with your Aunt Dottie and and all that. And so I'd love just, you know, love for you to just kind of unpack that part of your story and just keep going. <laughs> OK, well, growing up, you know, again, um, my parents were open um, with, you know, I could tell in during projects at school or whatever, it was never like, don't tell anybody. I mean, it was just like, it was just the natural. This is how God put us together. But I really, you know, again, wondered who my birth mom was really more so about her than my birth father, to be honest. But just, you know, you dream and you think, oh, I wonder if it's mm-hmm. this person or that person. Are they famous? Are they, you know, grow, growing up? And um, I really did not. And I guess just how I came about um, searching for my birth mother, I was working doing this work. So I graduated Mm -hmm. from college. I seemed to do all my persuasive speeches in college on why adoption is better than abortion or why um, this a teenage girl should place for adoption. Um, (laughs) You know, I mean, I just did my persuasive speeches. And then also, too, throughout my um, growing up um, in the high school days, it would be like I would just attract girls in crises pregnancy or that they would tell me they're pregnant. They hadn't told their parents. And that was interesting, you know, in the youth mm. group and, you know, kind of thing. And um, it just was I don't know. I realized how much God was just weaving this through. But mm. when I graduated from college, I I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And I literally looked in a phone book and found a Christian adoption agency and started volunteering while I was in grad school. And within months, they had offered me a job and I got to just be mentored by um, incredible women who had been in this ministry and and just God's hand is on, on that. So during this time, I still had not met my birth mother, but then I was a pregnancy counselor and I was working with all these women that were making that decision. And I saw over and over again that all of them wanted their child. They wanted more for their child. They loved their child. Again, this is 30 years ago. Okay, Mm -hmm. so uh, we know that a lot has changed in the last (laughs) 10 years, but there was not a lot of openness and adoption back then. We were starting to push the envelope on all that. But but working with these women, there was only one girl that I worked with and she had been um, brutally raped that just struggled with, um, you know, and she placed and um, and it was a good thing. And. And but I just realized I had a birth mother out there and I just needed her to know that I'm thankful for her. Mm. 
that mm. regardless of the situation, that I just wanted her to know that I'm so mm. thankful that um, she chose life and that she placed me for adoption. Well, as I realized that, I, you know, of course, contacted my parents. And of course, I'm telling like all these amazing things because I'm watching God work and move and and um, these girls lives. And and um, and so I just asked my parents, I'm like, can I? get the information to pursue finding my birth mom. And of course my mom and dad were like, sure. I mean, it was very, you know, here it is. And um, so it, I contacted, it was through Georgia. I contacted the agency and it, and they sent me the paperwork, but I want you to know, it took me four years of wow. carrying that paperwork before I actually sent it in. And wow. for me, it was like I had to make sure personally that I wasn't doing this to get something, but that it was to give something. Mm. It was very important to me that I knew, I know who I am in Christ and that no matter what I found, that it was not going to identify, that was not going to um Sorry about that. Not going yeah. to um, change who I am in Christ. That I had to know who I was before this. Mm -hmm. And I I just, it took a while. I just knew I had to do it to give and not get. And I do share that with other adoptees that are in closed adoption that are wanting and, and to know who their birth parents are and just the motivation behind that. And, um, you know, what is motivating? And I just, it had to be for me that was that no matter what I found, it was not going to change who I was. And so it took me four years and um, I had then gotten married and I felt like this was the time within two weeks of sending in the paperwork, I was talking to my birth mom, Pam, on the phone. Wow. And I thought it was going to be this wonderful, you know, she'll be so glad. But she proceeded to tell me how she wanted to have an abortion. She never wanted to have children. She never had any more children. And mm. that, um, that, I mean, I just remember her spewing that. And I just remember saying, well, I, I'm sorry you had to go through that. I'm sorry. I can't imagine how hard. Mm. But I want you to know that. I am thankful. I'm sorry you had to go through it, but I'm thankful that you did place me for adoption and that abortion wasn't legal at that time. And mm -hmm. that I've had a great life and and I'd like to to get to know you. And it literally, I you know, as a pregnancy counselor, I really then started feeling as though I was talking to a client. I think I took yeah. her back to huh. that 21-year-old girl. And, mm -hmm. and I think she needed to, to realize I wasn't here to get anything. I just wanted her to know that I was thankful and I've turned out, you know, that who I am and that kind of thing. And it took some conversations for her to realize. And then she came, she flew into Myrtle Beach and um, we met each other. And it was nice to have pieces, to have, you know, because as an adoptee, you do always grow up with missing pieces. Yeah. There's always, you know, you have to dream up your story or think about this or that. And I mean, we all in life have missing pieces, whether we're adopted or not. But it just seems like it's right. way more evident when you're right. adopted. 
And um, and so it was really neat. And God used it to um, and use that time and our relationship to mend her relationship with her mom, Mm. because I actually was the only grandchild. There are no other children in the family. And um, and it really seemed to bring Pam and her mom healing. And she did tell her mom about me and the aunt in Georgia, Aunt Dottie. um, She um, I met her and her husband. Mm -hmm. And um, that was just a really neat story. And they're um, the couple that they had started the Bible study with were actually the business partner of my adoptive um, my aunt and uncle. So that was the connection all those years, you know, the spiritual connection, um, to their answer, her answered prayer, but it was really neat to meet her and, and, um, them. And then I later met her mom, um, when I was expecting Mm -hmm. my daughter and it was neat. And she gave me some beautiful, um, heirloom pieces because there had been a cradle that had been in the family. I would have been the sixth generation, but she gave it to wow. me for the seventh generation, which I think is very interesting, wow. um, which was my daughter, Emily. And so um, we ended up being friends and um, staying connected. And um, she never really confided in me exactly who my fa- birth father was. I didn't um, really push her for that. And um, I respected that. But it was also neat, too, because working in this field and sharing my story, I have opportunities to share it in churches. And I was sharing on Mother's Day, actually, my first Mother's Day and my birth mother was there. And that was the first time she had come for Mother's Day. And that was Mm -hmm. the first time I had shared my story in front of her. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I share my story all the time, but I and I, I wanted to honor her. And, um, and, and, um, to honor her. And so God really gave me the verse about, um, what God, what men meant for harm, God meant for good mm-hmm. and the saving of many lives. And, and that, um, no good thing will he withhold Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you mm-hmm. plans to harm you. And not to hurt you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And I realized, too, that hope and future was just as much for her. Because, see, when she was going through all of that, she had no hope. You know, I mean, it was in, in the future. And, and, and so here she is able to now enjoy life as a grandma. And there was a hope and a future. And when that cradle got passed down, sixth generation, now my daughter, the seventh generation, and the and just how it brought healing and restoration in her relationship. Her her dad had passed away. And um, but between her and her mom and and so we just kind of became friends and then it kind of dwindled off and and she passed away and um her mom had passed away and of course we were in relationship then. And then um, anyway, she has sent Pam has since passed away as well. And so, and aunt Dottie and John, but it's just neat to see how God 
works and moved and how God was giving her a hope in a future. What seemed so hard and so painful, um, there was hope in it and there was a future. And wow. I think that's, yeah. you know, again, it was hard to hear when she said, I wanted an abortion. Like we were complete when we met, we are polar opposites. I'm fighting on the pro-life side and she's fighting on the pro-choice side. Mm. But after we met, she was telling me, I have a friend who works in Planned Parenthood in Dallas and I have given her a picture of us and um, told her our story. And she said, maybe she'll tell people about adoption. So, you know what I mean? It's so like, boy, have we come a long way, <laughs> a long way. But um, but God restored and and just brought her back to him as well. And it's just neat. I love how God puts families together and how he he does. It's always the but God, you know, God yeah. is the one. And that's one thing I've seen over and over again working with women who are placing for adoption and men that God just shows up in some detail. It's like he puts his stamp of approval on the situation that you just know that God is in this. And I've yep. seen that. And I think the day I don't see that I would have to quit because um, <laughs> you just, even with girls that have, you know, decided to um, parent, God will show up. And it's like, I just can see him work and move and, in a way that's just only God. And, um, and I just think I'm so thankful for that. And I just, I'm so, uh, it's just, it's amazing. I get to do this. And well, I love the fact, you know, Catherine, when I hear, when I hear you talk and I hear you tell your story and, and especially alongside it's, it's, it's neat to me to, to hear you unpack it all because because it is so intertwined with with you know who you are and what you do <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yes. so you know it's so it like really it it's just you know there there's there's such a there's such a neat i think awareness and self awareness there that you know that the that the lord has has given you but um but but i i i you know i think as i as i hear you tell your story um, and I, I think about, you know, things that we tell our adoptive parents again, when we're doing, you know, pre-adoptive training, um, is, you know, you look at the old Testament, you look across all that, all that God did with Israel and showing himself and demonstrating over and over and over who he is and, and, you know, and, and given, you know, giving all, all these, you know, miracles and 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 all you know all of all of these you know things orchestrating a nation and and but there's a pattern whenever you know whenever God shows up he um he he tells the people to you know build an altar mm-hmm. and uh and and the reason that he tells the people to build an altar I mean that we, I mean, what are, we know what an, an altar was just piling up a pile of rocks, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason he tells them to pile up a pile of rocks is because he knows that there's going to be some time when they're they're going to need to walk by it, and they're no, they're going to need to remember that he showed up and that he mm-hmm. did something and that he and that he is who 
you know, who we think he is and he is, he is who he says he is and he's, he's faithful and he's sovereign and he's, um, you know, he's, he's, he's everything. <laughs> and, and I, and, and that just, that resonates so much through, you know, through your story of all, you know, all of these pieces are, are opportunities that God has given you along the way to have these moments, to just catch a glimpse of him and to see something. Um, and, and through, and through your own story and through, you know, what, what God has done in your life, the way he's allowed you to walk with, you know, countless women Mm -hmm. (laughs) over the years. And, and those, those interactions are piles of rocks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there are opportunities to see God's, you know, God's handiwork and, and to see, you know, see the Lord at work. And so I'm, I'm thankful that, um, you know, that we have, have been able to see that and, and to catch a glimpse of that through, you know, through you telling your story. Um, I think, you know, maybe, and this has kind of been interspersed through, um, through everything that you said, but I'd love to just kind of hone in for a second and, and say, um, you know, your, your parents, it's, it's evident that your parents did a great job and, and that they, they did a lot of things intuitively that were, that were just, that were just really good things, really helpful things. But if, but as an adoptee, if you were going to, if you were going to kind of, you know, sit down with a cup of coffee with a, with a, with a couple that is on the precipice of bringing a child home through adoption and you were to, to give them a couple of pieces of advice, what would you say? I think, um, again, just to love the birth parent and to be open to a child, um, understand, you know, just at age appropriate times, just, just not even, I, I, let's just say, I think the greatest thing is every day, just thanking the Lord that the child is hearing the parent, thank the Lord for their birth parents, thank the Lord for how God has put their family together. I think just over and over that God put this, God put our family together. And this is how, you know, um, God did it in honoring and loving that birth mom and not being afraid of the birth parents, but to just love them and and to know that God entrusted you to be the parents of this child. And he also entrusted you to love the birth parents mm. and to be um, the hands and feet, to be his hands and feet and just mm. to love them um, and to honor them and to um, always find the good. I mean, we have to be realistic, but I just think being truthful, letting the child be open and and not not ever don't feel threatened that a child is going through times where it's hard for them that you're their parent. They want to be somewhere else or, you know, it's always just allowing them to to be there and just be real with them and be able to say, you know, I'm sorry that you're having to go through this. And and that's sad to me, too. And that's harmful. And that hurts me, too. But God's got God is the one who has got the plan and he loves each one of us so much and that this is yep. his plan. This yep. I just think 
it helped me to trust God. And it actually boils down to adoptive parents just have to trust God, (laughs) that God doesn't make mistakes and that God gives them a peace. And I'm telling you, I watch, um, like I say, God show up and there are just so many unique things. I had a situation one time where a girl craved Chick-fil-A. I mean, she craved it. Their her whole entire pregnancy. And, and this is back in the olden days. And um, I was doing this, but she craved Chick-fil-A. Well, she chose a couple and identified them and they were owners of Chick-fil-A and she did not know that. <laughs> okay. She did not know that, but these are things I'm like, Oh God, you're amazing. You know it. But, um, and then just to, um, having a birth mom, you know, that we allow, you know, encourage them. If it's important for them to name the child that the, the adoptive families, you know, would um, also agree to do that. And so keeping the name, well, we had a situation where the mom wanted her last name and we don't do that. You know, they can't even know her right. last name. And so, you know, she was understood that they could use the middle or the first name, but couldn't use the last name. Only God knows she had the same last name as they did. Oh, wow. And all, one day that's going to get found <laughs> out. But I mean, it's just like, I mean, you know what I mean? One day. But you know, and I really think that day that's going to be another time in her life that she's going to say, God did that. Only God could have well, done that. You know, I mean, and those are Catherine. Those are the things like I think I think that's part of the that's that's part of the joy getting to see those little grace moments and, oh. and, you know, and those little things that God does that, that are, and sometimes they're not little, by the way, no, sometimes yeah. they're, sometimes they're real big. And, yeah. and, yeah. but, but I think, you know, our, like our, I mean, one of my favorite stories to tell um, of, you know, of our youngest is um, he, he would for years, I don't know how long this went on, a couple of years, probably. Um, he'd come dive in our bed every night and it was the same question every night without fail. Mm-hmm. And, and his question was, well, what he would say is he'd come, you know, dive up in our bed and, and say, Hey, tell me the story of how we got me. Mm. And, and, and what he was, what he was craving was he like, he wanted to hear, he wanted to hear like, pieces of his story he wanted to like he was trying to put it all together but what he was really wanting to hear was the like the god moments in the middle of all that Mm -hmm. the the places where you know the places where god directed us and the places where you know we saw god show up and and you know gosh i get like i get teared up thinking about it but but i but i think the you know but the truth is like that um I guess birth mom's part of that story, right? Like that's like, it, like you, you, it's like the story just is what it is. And the people that are in it are who they are. And you, you know, and you represent that well. And I think, I think there's a, you know, there's a sense in which um, we're, we're just able to rehearse over and over and over again, um, exactly what you said, <laughs> which is, you know, God is who he says he is mm-hmm. and we can have confidence in him. And, and he, he has been present in your story <laughs> always. Um, yep. And, and so therefore it is good. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think, you know, and, and to be able to have the opportunity to be able to then reinvest that grace in your birth mom mm-hmm. and to be able to tell to be able to tell her and to affirm that mm-hmm. is awesome. Like that yeah. is that is so good. Um, you know, and, and like, I think we could talk forever. Um, and I could talk to you forever because, um, because I think, you, you know, you just, um, I mean, you just exude Christ and, and, and our, um, and it's such a, you know, such a pleasure just to hear the, you know, layers of that. But, um, how about this? We'll, we'll do this again. I think we okay. we need to you know we need to dig we need to dig a little deeper and probably talk a little more because um but I but I think you know I just encourage as you know as we're as we're kind of closing out today um adoptive parents that are out there that are listening um that that they would think in terms of um you know modeling some of the things that you've that you've said today I, I think um you know, that, that, that they would, they would honor birth moms in a way that is, um, that is, that is ultimately honoring to the Lord. Um, and, and that we, that we would be mindful, I think in all of this, that, um, that what we do and how we act and, and who we are, um, that ultimately all of this is built around the story that the Lord has given to our children. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that our, that our, that first and foremost, our goal in all of this is, um, th- that our, that our kids understand, um, that they are, they are created in the image of God, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, that, that they are, they are just exactly who God designed them to mm-hmm. be. Um, and, and that, and that they, um, they ultimately have a story (laughs) that is, um, that they cannot tell their story in a way that, that, that doesn't point, um, ultimately to the Lord, because when, because when they talk about adoption, um, they also get the opportunity to kick the door wide open, Mm to talk about the the love and the adopting grace of God and 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 about a reality that is um you know that that is that's that's the so um Catherine thanks thanks for being here thanks for joining me um thanks for for t- telling your story uh, thanks for thanks for being such an incredible part of Lifelines team we love you well thank you so much Thank you. We um, once again are thankful for y'all that you've joined us on the Defender podcast. And uh, and as always, we will be back here again next week with another episode uh, as we continue to talk about ways that um, that we can serve um, vulnerable children, vulnerable families, uh, that we can put the gospel on display in 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 ways that are um 
that are powerful and and ultimately in ways that God has called us to. If we can help, we're at lifelinechild.org. You can find us on all of the social media channels at Lifeline Child. And we would like nothing more than to have a conversation or find a way to help. Uh, But until next week, we will sign off and be right back here. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.